we can't we can't forget to do Black Joy. We forgot last week. Nah, Uh-oh. I'm just saying we already okay. said that we will be committed to. You said that. I, I, I'm ready. You took. The I got vow. it. <laughs> Did we get any responses on Patreon? Yeah, I think we got one. I don't remember specifically what it said. Pull it up real quick so we can share that shit. We told people so this is how we build. This is how we build a buy-in, right? Because we said we are gonna do something and we do it. We asked them to do something, they do it, and then we got to follow up on what we asked them to do, right? Yeah, it was damn near only one person. I That's seen. cool. Shout out to you. Who is it? We give them a shout out. If you're not subscribed to our Patreon, or is it subscription? Yeah. yeah. If you're not subscribed to, to our Patreon, go ahead and subscribe. Patreon.com backslash Hella Black Pod. Shout out um, to this person who we're about to name. Who is it? I know their name, but I don't think they want people knowing their name. So shout out to HP or HPQPS. Yeah, shout, shout out to you. you are. Shout out to you. I don't know if you want your name said on the podcast, but they black joy this week is being able to be a active auntie. Active auntie. Shout out. Shout out shout to all the aunties out there. I'm an uncle. You know, Uncle Rolo over here. <laughs> I'm an uncle. That's part of my black joy, which is wild, but. Just so a reminder, so y'all know why we want to do this, so that next time is we got more than one patron. So we we got, we got more than one patron. <laughs> There's more than one opportunity That's, to yeah. share. You feel me? We're gonna we read more than one. Yeah, like come on, five percent, five percent participation. We can get. Can we get like? Should I'll, 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 I'll even take two and a half percent participation. Can we get like two or three of y'all to respond to this episode because it's about to go up today? Respond to this episode with your black joy. Of the last week or so, so that we could, you know, share like we just share HP was shout out to you in there, but being an active auntie for the week. That's what we want to do. So Black Joy, uh, go ahead. And even if you aren't a page a patron, you know when it comes out later on our uh, streaming platforms, right? On the digital streaming platforms, you could hit us on Instagram, Twitter. You know we're gonna share your stuff. But if you didn't listen to episode 115 you should that was a good one um but on that i made a commitment that a vow a vow that a vow to forward, black joy i will always start black joy <laughs> and i know this won't be the case because i know b is going to end up you know once we once we get into the habit of doing this segment i know you're gonna you know pop up like no, actually i got mine you know so yeah i got mine prepared today yeah, that's what i'm saying you see know, we ready it's in my pocket i'm, I'm ready and so my my black joy <laughs> Um, similar to our patron that said being an auntie, I got to be an active uncle. This uh, Sunday, I spent time with my mom, uh, my grandmother, Darian, uh, and two of my siblings, and then both my nieces. And it was cool. You know, my youngest niece, she uh, she a trip, bro. Like, she really be attached to her mama hip. You know, but granted, there were people in the house that she's not like super familiar with right um and so i i understand you know it's all it's all good and plus when she gets like one i feel like that's when we're really gonna be able to be close because that's when i'm gonna feel comfortable like oh you can just leave her here with me like yeah. i really tripping <laughs> you know what i'm saying maybe not even one hmm yeah one is cool i just not really a fan of changing diapers <laughs> bro you know how the autumn siblings like i've only changed like two diapers my whole life for real swear so all them siblings and nieces and nephews I got, I've only changed like two. I can't. Maybe even, I don't know. I don't know if I ever changed a diaper. <laughs> so it's rapid, uh, rapidly declining from two to zero. Yeah, I might be lying. I might have never changed. I might have never changed. It. <laughs> but no, nah, I've, I've definitely no, changed diapers. There's hella kids bro. in my life, bro. You've had, you've had to. You might just not remember or some shit. Maybe one of my There's siblings when I was like yeah, in high like school. You got way too many. 
You got way too many younger siblings. Yeah, oh. <laughs> way too many younger cousins. But ba- but anyway, I would say, when I I understand why my nieces, you know, it's the same way it would be if you drop us in the room and niggas win, you know, and be like, bro, what the fuck, like I can just be kicking it with y'all niggas. Hey, you hella head, young, you know? still like you still getting used to new spaces and she she can't even imagine yeah, that. She funny though, but <laughs> she be she be crying, bro. She be on her mama hip, you know what I'm saying? But my my uh, my nephew was like that too when we was reminiscing. I remember one time. Uh, my sister had went to her and Darian was just like going to get something. They went to the store and they and they left my nephew with me at my grandma's house for for like twenty minutes. I'm talking about the moment my sister walked out the house and closed the door. No, niggas started screaming. <laughs> I'm doing everything in my power, but they pulled back up. Me and him doing laps around the block. You feel me? I'm just like anything to keep him from crying. As soon as he saw her get out the car, he stopped and saw her. You know, uh, them them kids they be having a. Uh, them attachment issues, my nieces and nephews. But I had a good time, man. I'm not going off on a tangent. Just watching football, <laughs> chilling with them. And so and then, you know, we about to go have some fun after this. About to go shred. You know, I grew up watching Rocket Power, bro. <laughs> Rocket Power was You didn't watch Rocket Power? No, yeah. yeah. Rocket Power was a shit. I had a I was that was I think Rocket Power and Hey Arnold. Yeah. Those was like my my two things. For you, sure. you you and my uncle Imani had met, right? From Jersey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out there, yeah, we was yeah. out there. We go to dinner or something, or yeah. what do we do? What yeah, we, we went to dinner. We went to that like Asian spot, I think, where they had them weird drinks, big ass drinks. The fuck? When was this? This was when we was in New York, like recently, or was it like a like while back? Two, three years ago. Okay, I'm probably three years out where ago. We went. We went to like this tiki bar type shit. The hell. Damn, remember? Bro. No, I'm not. Right. I knew. I know y'all have met. Y- yeah. Y'all met here and out there though. Yeah, here too. Yeah, I believe so. Out here too. Damn, we was out there for sure. Yeah, it was winter. We went to a Chinese restaurant. Okay, it's kind of coming back you to me, me, but it it's like, not at the same time. It was like uh, it was a weird vibe in there though. It was like down this like side street, and there was like no cars on the street. <laughs> it's remember? like coming back cool to me there. a little bit. It was cool. It's in coming there. back to me a little bit. It's like yeah, I'm like piecing. I'm piecing. But I went to eat with him so many times out there. So yeah. all right. But I was saying he had his uh. My his nephew with him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now music. Yeah. Yeah. He already. All right. For sure. Now it's boom. It all came back to me. Uh, was that Asian restaurant? I think so. Okay. Anyway, I'm gonna connect the dots back. So I. It was like a tiki bar type yeah. shit, right? But I was mentioning. I was mentioning. I, know, been. I was mentioning uh, Rocket Power because you know we about to go snowboarding and shit. But then I was saying like you know my uncle, he grew up playing uh, hockey. Grew up playing hockey and like he that's who like got me into rollerblading and then you know in on the east coast they got like a, a real street hockey scene. So it was one summer I spent out there, like I was in the projects in New York playing or in New Jersey in Newark playing street hockey with like hella black kids. It was crazy. That's wild. Like in the basement, like in the projects in on the east coast, they be having like storefronts and shit at the bottom. Bro, it was crazy. Yeah. Like but yeah, so that's like I, that's how I kinda got into extreme sports. Like I used to watch the X Games and shit when I was a kid. You know, I never really was good at skateboarding, which is I don't know how I can snowboard and I can't skateboard. Well, it's different because snow, like snowboarding, once you latch yourself in, you get to going down the hill. It's all your momentum carrying you, as opposed to because you used to ride. What kind of board is that? Like a long board, short board. Yeah. Did you have to like push and shit? I never been good at that. Yeah. I mean, it just uh, Ty's probably a better person at. <laughs> you have to push on your skateboard. Yeah, you you're not like locked into it. Nah. I don't think Ty can skateboard. I mean, I don't think Ty can uh, snowboard. snowboard. Yeah. I like a skateboard. He can snowboard. Skateboard hella well. But yeah, that's my black joy. Family. It was like snowboarding is like gliding though. It's weird. It's, it's like more gliding. like balance. You feel as me? It's like to, a, it's a weird different type of yeah. Like you glide differently. I guess basically for like the basic stuff that we do. Because yeah. I'm sure like you know if we 
we be at the bottom of the mountain. If we went to the top, it's probably <laughs> niggas up there getting real tricky, you know. Yeah, hey, I ain't doing that snowboarding shit again. Yeah. Not at all. You taking the easy I'm, way I'm out. doing the, I'm doing the skis. Nigga, I ain't trying to fall be on nah, my ass. You got different you got different. <laughs> <laughs> you get set back another six months. Bro, what? <laughs> I ain't doing that shit. Like Dizzle. I went down I went down the hill once though. I made it down. I'm like, all right, I can only turn one way. <laughs> but I was like, I made it down. Niggas just went up there to the top of the hill <laughs> after like <laughs> being on it for like five minutes. <laughs> but that's how you. Them. That's how you learn. <laughs> the easy way or the hard way. But nah, shit. My black joy, you know, is I guess that a uh, extreme sport type type of lane. I don't know if it's yeah, motorcycle just riding. You know what I'm saying that. Getting back on my bike, that shit has definitely been a some black joy. Feeling the wind, feeling some shit, yeah. <laughs> feeling feeling adrenaline again, or you know, yeah. There's a certain feeling when you ride. Sometimes just it's words can't really explain it, but it made me feel alive. You know? I know that feeling, bro. I probably experienced that a little bit on the jet ski, but I don't know about a mo- motorcycle. Was just a little bit more dangerous. Not a little bit more. It's way dangerous. <laughs> like when you yeah. on the ocean and around nobody, that's way different. That's, but I know what you're talking about. Though. Yeah, even I mean, jet skiing. Like, you is, start smiling and yeah, shit. You when just the start feeling yeah. the adrenaline and shit. Like, <laughs> right, no, yeah. It's that feeling you have on a jet ski, and then like yeah. when you on a bike and you hear you hear the wind differently, you hear your exhaust. Yeah. You know, and it's a lot more power. You more power. Yeah. <laughs> shit, going certain speed. You feel yeah. me? Swerving in between cars. That shit. <laughs> Yeah, Have you ever rode one of them like like a Ducati, like one of those? Would you ride uh, one of those? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> my big ass on one of them bull. <laughs> Go see my ass hanging out and shit. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, shit. Fuck, that's baby. Oh my God. Uh, man, I'm, a, I'm your stereotypical uh, Harley Davidson rider, man. You like Cruiser. The, that Drewski mean. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be like one of them niggas. That's crazy. I already am. That's crazy. Bro, you oh, too boy. young for that. Hey, I'm an old soul. <laughs> old soul. Nah, I, I know what you're talking about. I could, I could, ima- I could imagine whatever I felt on like a jet ski is three thousand times more on a Harley Davidson. Yeah. Period. Yeah, it's, it's fun. It's fun for sure. That's what's up, bro. I'm happy for you. Appreciate it. For real, that's important. We got to go get on some jet skis soon. Oh yeah, this summer. Well, I'm gonna be on jet skis in two weeks. So, you know, <laughs> I'll be on jet skis in two weeks. We gotta get some like they got like performance ones though too. Yeah, you know, the ones be, in Tahoe we'll be on is be faster than the ones like Tahoe probably got the fastest one I've been on. But I've yeah. also been on one in Miami that was like not our like was on somebody's else's and yeah. it was. But it was so much going on in the water like you couldn't really act do, up. Yeah. You know, like if we was on one of them in Mexico. You feel me? Like that yeah. was different. We would have we like to a different town or something. Yeah, just like, on the even water. Tahoe, like those was faster, but it had like more stuff going. It was you know family there at the beach. It was it was a lot, a lot more stuff going on. Well, yeah, Black Joy. And y'all, so y'all again, if we can just get five participants, man, we like go to our Patreon. How much more do we have to beg y'all, bro? Patreon.com/slash Hellblackpod and drop your Black Joy under the episode description so we can share it on the next episode. And so this episode, you know, we kind of started with some very lighthearted things, but you know, we're gonna we're gonna dive into uh, we're gonna to the best of our detail, to the best of our ability, dive in on some of the current uh, the current political climate in Oakland. Uh, specifically, if y'all have checked out the piece that was written by Darius uh, that we posted on our Medium 
went on our socials this week talking about uh, the community food programs, uh, the funding for that being put on pause uh, while simultaneously, you know, OPD's budget is increased. Um, and at the same time that these community funding programs are being put on pause, uh, community food programs are being put on pause, right? The funding for these programs are being put on pause. We're also watching uh, OUSD make some very pivotal decisions uh, that will severely impact students in Oakland uh, and mostly black students in Oakland uh, with the potential of closing closing and merging schools, right? And so what you'll see on this episode is the expansion of the police state uh, in Oakland and its impact on two specific sectors uh, being our community food programs and our our public school district. And I think we could really start with uh, the OUSD because that has some some real pressing issues that, that people should know about. Uh, and so Monday, they had a board meeting that went from 6 p.m. to 3 a.m. And apparently it was a shit, a shit show, right? Um, and we can start mm-hmm. with the... That was open to the public? That was open to the public, right? And we can start with the fact that it's board policy for uh, students to speak before the general public, right? That didn't happen. And the students actually couldn't speak until 9.30 p.m. on a Monday night, on a school night. And that's just an intentional, again, that's why from 6 p.m. to 3 a.m., you a working parent, and you're supposed to be able to stay in there. Amongst other obligations you got in your life, it wasn't amongst, it, amongst obligations to your kids, yeah. and then for students, you expect students to stay up to three in the morning, or to stay up even late to uh, be able to speak. But get this, bro, most of democracy the, though. Most huh? most of the students <laughs> couldn't attend because the Chromebooks that the that the district gives them are not Zoom compatible. <laughs> like, bro, like what? Come on. So it's like this. And we live in the most. Advanced, technologically advanced uh, nation known to known to humanity, and this is what this is what public education is. It's getting our it's getting our students. You feel me? Chromebooks that aren't Zoom compatible, so that they can't even participate in the democracy. So, in the past pandemic of three years, this is what OUSD students is dealing with. <laughs> like, but again, this just represents the neoliberal privatization. Of education, that, that's what's going on. It's the these tech companies, these ed tech, these nonprofits um, coming in and privatizing education. The Facebooks, right through charter schools. Mm-hmm. It all goes back to it's capitalism again, like we was talking earlier, right? Talking about real estate. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and so the community is definitely feeling the neglect of. Oakland's politicians and city city planners in more than one way, especially these students, right? Um, and I guess to provide y'all with more context of what's going on is that uh, on February eighth, the district will vote on whether to completely shut down schools or merge them, and then so it's it's sixteen schools in total, right? Um, and the district is saying that this is in response to enrollment going down uh, and expected budget cuts in the next two years. And so even if we look at the the plan is to either uh, completely shut down schools or merge two together, right? And the district is saying that this is in response uh, to enrollment going down and the expected budget cuts in the next two years, right? And so 
a OUS during during the board meeting, an OUSD staff member pulled some data, and what they were able to show is that the closures and mergers will save between four to fourteen million, which is five percent of the total budget. So this isn't really about saving money, right? Uh, what it looks like it'll actually be about is about making money because in the past in Oakland, what has happened, you have these school sites that shut down, you have the merger of schools and the open facilities, these open buildings are then, are then leased to uh, charters. Either leased or completely bought out by corporate landlords. Period. So again, this is, it all comes down to money and making money. And who bears the brunt of it? Black and brown students. Because that's the schools that is being targeted. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's black and brown schools. Most of them are in East Oakland too, right? So again, it's it's land grabs. <laughs> Essentially, it's uh, land and infrastructure that was built for the public good. And what's happening now is, like you were saying, corporate corporate entities coming in and taking it over, and taking it over and making money. Now making the school district more money. Yeah, and. Going back, the money back to the state. If we look at where the money is going from the from the city of Oakland, most of it's going to the police. I guarantee you, some of that money is going to find its way back into the pockets. Of the that's police. where all of our money goes. That's where all the, that's where all the, the city money goes. <laughs> and so they're, they're saying that they're going to closing as many as nineteen schools over the next two years. They want like, they want to do it in phases. Yeah, this in many ways is almost represents. Almost the death of public education in Oakland. Yeah, like I don't know how, any other way to put it. And, and it's decades in the making, right? When you when you think about uh, many of the schools on this list, right, uh, having a history of serving predominantly black students, right? When you get black families getting pushed out of Oakland via gentrification and rising rent prices, that's how you get low enrollment. When the city prioritizes the expansion of the police state, you get budget deficits, and you get low enro- enrollment when you cut. The resources at a school and then you have parents wanting to send kids to different schools that have more resources like any other parent would do you get you get schools on top of hazardous chemicals McClymonds, literally hazardous uh lead um like tch chemicals bro we was like, at there tech. was kids getting cancer yeah we was at tech and that's one of the the nicer schools in oakland right and i'm looking at the classrooms like bro this shit ain't been renovated and i don't know how long like there's for sure the same buildings like when my mom and grandparents went to that school. Oh, yeah. You feel me? Like, what renovations is going on? I mean, now I know they got, like, some of the bungalows and stuff out there, but you, you see you see this pattern. Again, this is decades in the making. This isn't – there's a historical development to this. This isn't just random, random things that happening. This budget is all cuts. by design. This is all part of uh, the tech industry, the tech boom, and tech essentially buying up education, the privatization of education. This is being done by these liberals, by these – Neoliberals, these people who say, oh, black lives matter. <laughs> these people who say, yeah, uh, quote unquote, we should defund the police. Right. These are the architects. These are the architects of this right now and of, so, the pri- of the privatization and taking the resources away from from kids. Right. Yep. And so you have uh, two teachers right now who are currently on a hunger strike. Uh, f- two teachers from Westlake Middle School, uh, which is a middle school by the lake i don't know like what area of oakland i would call that uh but like westlake is one of the schools that's on a list that is 
proposed will merge with West Oakland Middle, which is I'm like, bro, like this is they're not even close to each other. That don't even make sense. <laughs> like they're not even close to each You're other. You're talking about West Oakland Middle School and that's wild. Like they're not even close to each other, right? So you got two teachers right now who are uh, on a hunger strike. It's Moses Umalade. I think Omolade, I don't know how to pronounce your name, I'm sorry, fam. And then Maurice Sanchez. Shout out to them. Shout out to them, yeah. All power to them. Like You have teachers doing a hunger strike in the midst of having to teach during the biggest pandemic known to humanity and all the struggles. You feel me? All the struggles. And so it's like you you just all power to them for real. Like the principles they showing in and fighting for their students. You feel me? (laughs) When being exploited themselves by OUSD. All USD is nuts. It's wild what the teachers are being subjected to, bro. Like, even I, th- I think about some of the stuff that teachers, low wages, lack of resources, overcrowded rooms. You get not teachers, even proper you, ventilation, not you know, even proper protective equipment teachers, to go back into the school. No PPE, right? Like, even with this, you had just a month ago, <clears throat> teachers taking a sick out. Can't even get PPE. Students having to organize and make demands for N95 masks. <laughs> like why? And we we three years in the pandemic. You got to organize and put petitions together. Like get us Just these masks. We bro, need that masks be, to go. This to is what happens when when you have to consistently. This ain't a civil rights issue. This is a human. This is a human right issue. This is a public health issue. This is genocide. This is why. <laughs> this is why the state was charged with genocide. Genocide against black, brown, and indigenous people. Because that's what's happening right now. Like that is. It's a debt. I mean, it's a, in many ways is. It's a it's a it's attempted murder, at the least. <laughs> but you sending schools without proper without you send you sending kids to schools and overcrowded classrooms for some of these places, right? Um, you sending them into these classrooms with not with without the proper PPE in the Come midst on, of bro. the highest death rate of COVID nineteen. In the midst the of least, the highest, that's negligence. At the very least, that's negligence. <laughs> like, I mean, it's just some shit that has had the highest death rate. <laughs> And you sending people into a room in the middle of winter with no ventilation, not the proper mass. People and in there spike with space heat and shit. Space heat, like, come on, bro. Like, literally spreading. But again, this is the criminal nature of capitalism. The anti-human principles that it exhibits cares more about profit. When profit is the driving factor for every single decision it is anti-human it is anti-human that's what this is about and this is why we can't support this why we have to it's class struggle against these neoliberals you feel me it ain't trump doing this shit you feel me it's it's the biden's it's the (laughs) uh all the the liberal establishment the libby shafts but that's that's what neoliberals do right they they constantly push the guys uh, (laughs) of inclusion the guys of Kumbaya, we all together. While, while simultaneously prioritizing capitalism and profit. And the expansion of the privatization of education, privatization of any public good. That's Everything is privatized, bro. Everybody. We we in a, it's corporate domination. It's corporations making these decisions. These corporations is the ones that is ruling us. It ain't the people ruling us. <laughs> it's, it's the corporations making these decisions. Because who's getting rich off of it? Real estate companies, private education companies. I guarantee you, you look at the stock portfolio of Libby Schaff, guarantee you she got money invested invested in it. Go look at Nancy Pelosi. She got money invested in it. 
You look at Gavin Newsom. He's going to have money invested in all this. Gavin Newsom was pushing me? for even more budget cuts. And it was so wild as he Gavin. He was pushing for even more budget cuts. He Gav- was proposing closing schools. <laughs> Gavin Newsom was literally just on Twitter bragging about the reserves of California being in the billions of dollars. Like, we have all this money in reserves. And they could talk, talking about cutting schools. We don't have enough money. This would never happen My with brother. Piedmont. Ever. On, this would never happen in Piedmont and or that's, Albany. That's what, you feel me? Moraga, Orinda. This will never happen at a school like Stanley. Ever. Come on. This will never happen over in Orinda or Moraga right through the Caldecott. Caldecott. You, you wouldn't have these problems. Claremont. You, you and again, this problems. is historical conditions at, at play. The legacy of redlining. The legacy of segregation. That's It's all the expansion of it, of these racist policies, of these segregationist policies, this is what is created in 2022. And so if y'all, again, I know that was a lot of information. Uh, again, they're proposing to close or merge about 16 schools in Oakland. The vote will be on fe- February 8th. And the history of, of OUSD is to follow through with these mergers and closing. Like, that's what history shows, right? And so if y'all would like to follow, excuse me, the hunger strike, y'all could... Follow uh, Westlake Middle School on Instagram. It's at Westlake Warrior Eagles. Westlake Warrior Eagles. Y'all should follow them on Instagram to follow um, what Moses and Maurice are doing. And again, the vote goes in on on February eighth. Um, and it's been a it's been a tumultuous few years for for the for the students and and teachers at, at OUSD, and they keep fighting. And we're gonna do our best to keep supporting them. You know, boosting their petitions, speaking on what's going on. Uh, trying to breathe life and put more awareness uh, on the conditions that that they're being subjugated to. Straight up, straight up. And it's wild because this is like when you look at what's going on, you got this public public school crisis happening as a result of negligence and prioritizing profit, and then you have uh, the community food programs, the funding for that, right, uh, happening at the same time. We just had to cook and wrap 320 plus hot dogs last Sunday to distribute to our food pro- to distribute via People's Breakfast Oakland because uh, the city of Oakland has paused the funding right for um, the programs that allowed us to get hot meals donated from restaurants. Right, like they just put it on pause, and we don't know when it's gonna happen. We don't, yeah. we don't know. It's one to four months. Alameda County, right? The, Alameda County. <laughs> this is what they're doing. One to four months, bro. The same Alameda County that's increasing funding to Santa Rita, it's increasing funds to the sheriff's department. It's taking away resources for people who don't know where they go and get their next meal from. Right. And again, you talk about California has a reserve of billions of dollars. We know Oakland has enough money to give OPD seven hundred million. In a, they can a, just increase the police academies just like that and say, "Oh, we need more police." Academies. We can't get, bro. It, it says what is food? A hundred thousand, a hundred thousand dollars a year. Let me pull up the pull up the stats. Hold on, so I don't misquote. Where is it? I can tell you right now how much it costs, bro. Right now, how much it costs. So at present, it will cost $144,000 a year to fund the 300 meals that we serve every Sunday. For a million dollars, <laughs> we can get damn near eight years of funding 
OPD can't can we can't take a hundred we can't take a million dollars off of a six hundred ninety three million dollar budget just for the next two years. This is not even this is not even a ten year budget for OPD. This is from twenty twenty one to twenty twenty three. They can't scrape off a million to give us for eight years of funding for food for three hundred just three hundred meals every Sunday. Corporation. That's what happens when you prioritize what? profit. The, Profit, police, the, the protection of property, the jailing of of new Africans. When you prioritize that over the feeding of the people, because as we know, it's mostly black people on the streets of Oakland, right? Yeah, I mean, when you prioritize that, of course, that's an easy decision. Like, give them a hundred. Hell no, we can lock them up and make that off them. We can lock them up and make that off of them. I mean, that's that's what capitalism is: profit, <laughs> police, and property. <laughs> PPP: profit, police, and property. That's what they're concerned with, and. What you know, Community Kitchens Oakland, they launched essentially to be able to get meals to people. You feel me? To organizations that are already serving meals. You know, so like when we started serving meals in the pandemic, you know, at the height of it, we was doing three times a week. Many of us working nine to five still, and still finding time to get back in the streets. You feel me? So it was like, all right, we serving whatever we get our hands on. Really, you know what I'm saying? Like, all right, PB and J's one day. McChicken's another day, you know what I'm saying? And then we had the opportunity to get full meals, you feel me, through Community Kitchens Oakland. Shout out, Maria. Shout out to them. They've been doing very great work to be able to get food to the people. So not only was this helping restaurants, you feel me, like, who be working in restaurants for the most part, you know what I'm saying? Black and brown folks. It was allowed, it'll help people keep their jobs at their restaurants when the government ain't giving no money like that, you feel me? They're mm-hmm. giving their little weak stimulus check. Twelve hundred. How much money they get over the pandemic? Three thousand dollars each. Like, you feel me? If that, right? So, Community Kitchens Oakland was able to keep restaurants open and also get food to the people. And now the government is saying, "Nah, we ain't trying to give you no more funding to keep these restaurants open to keep people, you know, because the restaurant industry still suffering. Mm-hmm. It ain't back. So people gonna lose their jobs, right?" And not only is people losing their jobs, but people going to lose out on food. Of course, organizations like us, we we finna find a way regardless. Because our, our ideologies and our politics <laughs> demand that we don't be, that, that we don't depend on the state, right? But where we are is like, again, wanting to raise contradictions, but to also if, like, not having to pay for food is what allowed us to expand our programs. That's what, that's what you got to realize. Like, y'all got the money, give it to us. Period. Y'all got the money. We There's gonna do opportunity all the for it. You feel me? It's a shit. A very small reparation. If I'm not even gonna call it a reparation at all, it's, it's what the people is is do. You know what I'm saying? At minimum, at very very bare minimum. So why should we have to pay this money that the city, the county is just sitting on, giving it to the police? Why should we have to spend that money when them giving us our funding allows for us to do things like have a free health clinic, allows for us to have a grocery program, right? Why should we have to pay that money? They they got to they got to come out of it, and they know it's there. It's like I, I can see if it didn't exist, but they stand to themselves. It exists. Just give us. We gotta we gotta figure it out. We just gotta figure some things out and sign some paperwork, and you know, just talk to. And one of course, more. they got patience because they're not out on the street. They're not watching people starve. They ain't losing their jobs. You feel me? They're like not that? watching people starve. <laughs> so this is this is this clear what's happening, and we're gonna say this over and over again. We're watching the expansion of the police state, the prioritizing of the police in Oakland over education, over housing, food, over food, over basic human rights. 
we're watching this over basic human rights. It's, it's the infrastructure. It's the privatization of the whole of everything. From where you where you park your car <laughs> to public bathrooms to closing down of resources at shelters. Cause that's what's happening. But that's why we gotta <laughs> build programs for decolonization. You know, and have effective organization, effective structure, effective programmings to be able to serve the masses of our people. Because it allows us to do Because it allows us to be autonomous. You know what I'm saying? So, okay, the shelter is closed down, but now we have an alternative for other people. We have housing built. You got to know. We have land. You feel me? Where we have the ability and the infrastructure and the logistical support to be able to serve the people at a a high volume. Because that's, we, 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 it's going to be just corporate wars. I mean, we already in corporate wars, but that's, it's, it's going to be corporations duking it out. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Organizations. You need that ideological framework. You need the systems in place, right? Um, you need the experience, and, and this is what this is why when the when the state uh, says we about to put your shit on pause, that we're able to continue to move forward. Because I can guarantee you, some of these groups um, that are forced to be put on pause for the next one to four months, they probably won't reemerge. You know what I'm saying? They, I'm sure they've stopped as. What what funding calls for for them to stop? They don't have the money, right? Calls for them to stop. Um, and I even think about from twenty twenty was, bro. It was days we was like having to be like, well, adjust where we going to distribute because there was so many people out there. And then with each week, less and less people, less and less individuals, less and less groups. With each Sunday, less folks popping up, less folks popping. Up. I mean, in the height of it, it was like there was nobody serving people. And that's what people was telling us. That's why we increased our services. Like, yeah, we've gone days without getting food. Like, people really looking us in our face and telling us, that, so, all right, yeah, we got to step up, step up our services. But this is why we have to embody, you know, the slogan, we are our own liberators and build these programs and be dedicated to building these programs because what's, this is just preparing us for what's about to happen. That what, what is already happening. You feel me? It's the... Control of people <laughs> It's the complete control of people That's why we're seeing all these mandates <laughs> Travel bans Vaccine passports They're just getting ready For the climate disasters That are about to happen So man Shit war <laughs> I mean we already yeah. at war but They getting ready And that's why they buying up all these They buying up everything they're Trying to attempt to control everything and at the same time, expanding the police state, <laughs> expanding the military, right? That's why you look in Atlanta, you see cop cities being developed. They gearing up, they building the infrastructure, they're improving their infrastructure to be able to stop rebellions and stop revolutions. Yep. In Atlanta, you get cop city. In Oakland, you get a $700 million budget. The closing of schools. <laughs> and so... You know, we just wanted y'all to understand that you get, yeah, you get the closing of schools, you get the ceasing of food programs. Uh, this is what we dealing with here in Oakland. I'm pretty sure if you look at your locale, you'll see the makeup of the same thing because this is how systems function. This is how the blanket of white supremacist capitalism functions. And this got to be also understood in the 
the post George Floyd, post 2020, post uh, rebellion era of now we had all these Democrats come in and say, OK, change, change, change. We're going to make change. We're going to make reforms. And this is what the reforms are. <laughs> the closing of schools, the increase in the police budget, uh, the further militarization of the police, the commodification of every single quote unquote public good. This is exactly what the Democrats have done. This was the containment strategy of the state, of the one-party state. And they used the Democrats as their agents to contain the righteous rebellions that was going on in the streets. And this is how they did it. This is how they did it. By funding these schools. Because look at Joe Biden. (laughs) Joe Biden literally allocated millions upon millions upon millions of dollars. Literally a $350 billion uh, that was granted in a $1.9 trillion COVID-19 relief package, $350 billion of those dollars was to hire more law enforcement. As a part of a COVID relief package? As a part of a COVID-19 relief package. So like you were saying, we ain't going to give you masks in schools, but we're going to allocate billions upon billions of dollars to hire more, more police officers. How else do we explain this? Is the world this? We uh, this, this is fascism. This is the world This is we complete fascism, bro. Because you have a Trump and then you have a Joe Biden come in and say, oh, we're going to make changes, reform this, reform that. And then what happens? They get more and more, expand the public state. In a, in a world where you get $1.9 trillion for COVID relief, $350 million of it goes to police? I mean, that's, this is a war on, again, this is the war on the people. This is a war on public education. Fuck your education. They, fuck your health. Fuck your food. That's what they're saying to us every single day. It's, it's money making. It's, it's money. It's money to be made because, you know, if kids ain't going to school, what's the likelihood they finna go to jail? What's the likelihood they gonna go, go to prison? So you was, we you also- gotta survive because we ain't about to feed you either. And exactly what we, they do- We're not about to feed you. On, and we're not about to house you. So we went from the and police- And we're not about to give you a job where you can make some money. We went from the George Floyd summer to now what is being pushed by- both the left and by the, the liberal and the, the conservative media. Crime, crime, <laughs> crime here, crime here, uh, smashing grabs, looting. Mm-hmm. So what's going to happen? Increase the police funding, increase the police funding, build more jails, have more police academies, and then, all right, take away the education. So don't give people resources, but try and lock them in cages, get them caught up in the... Uh, the prison industrial slave complex. And there is an alternative now, to y'all. There is an alternative <laughs> to this, y'all. Like, I, I, I understand getting this information. Like, well, what do we do? Socialism. Socialism. We build programs for decolonization. We build programs that have complete autonomy where we can actually practice self-determination, where we ain't relying on the state. We doing what we got to do for freedom. We doing what we, what we got to do for independence and our people is taken care of. That's that's the way, and that's a very broad, <laughs> a broad answer. But it's building programs like I mean, People's it, Breakfast Oakland. That's not about to say it's not you that broad. You got it's, a breakfast program. You got a clinic. You oh got yeah, a yeah. garden. Like, but, oh yeah, I was just gonna give examples of like, you. all right, use the breakfast program as an example. Even if it's just for you, and y'all have a similar understanding. We're doing this to build power in our community. We're doing this with a political objective to be able to serve the people. Start with those four people. Start with two people. People's program started with two people, and look what it's expanded to. Read, study, and organize. Like Jaleel was saying, like the people don't necessarily care about your ideology. People care about food. <laughs> people care about housing. People care about their material needs. And that's why the Black Panther Party was so successful. It's because they centered the community's material needs. 
They wasn't saying, oh, those are the Marxist Leninists right there, man. Those are some niggas with the them niggas with the braids and what they got food for you. Who stopping the police from beating our <laughs> you ass? You feel me? They stopping the police from beating our ass. And like they feeding us and <laughs> giving our kids daycare. And you know, we just gotta in a world where they push and divide and conquer, we gotta lean on each other, y'all. Like we gotta pull our resources together. We gotta be communal. We have to pull our resources. That's what people's program started as. That's what People's Breakfast Oakland started as. Pulling our resources. Who has a car? Who has tables? Who can? Who has free Sunday mornings? Who has free Saturday afternoons? Where we could come help package hygiene packs in the living room. Who got a kitchen? Who got a big cauldron so we can make this soup? Who can turn the soup on at five thirty you know, in the morning? <laughs> like this is like it's, it's pulling our resources together. And what we what we can do together is. Uh, we can make real change oh, yeah. when like we work together, period. And, and that's not in an empty, empty slogan, empty rhetoric kind of way. Like, that's what people's programs, that's the pillar of our work. We can push scientific socialism. We can push revolution. We can push decolonization programs. But at the heart of that shit is communalism, is love, is to pull on the resources, is treating each other as equal. That's what's at the pillar of our shit. And we got to free ourselves from the indoctrination of this slave mentality that tells us we have to integrate that we have to join the oppressor system if we truly want to practice self-determination we are going to build our own systems through programs for decolonization we're going to build with our community we're going to build with our people and not look to the state as a solution you would never expect (laughs) a state that is responsible for genocide to stop that genocide or to help you right and that's why it's important we name it as genocide because why would you join a genocidal regime to stop a genocidal regime. That that don't make no type of sense. So we got to build power outside of the state. We got to build power in the community and power amongst the people to begin to address the state, to begin to, to liberate ourselves from this settler, colonial, imperialist domination from the biggest, most inhumane regime known to humanity. And this, this regime will fall, <laughs> but the people will be a deciding factor in when that happens. Free the people, free the land.